What's up, everybody? What's up? Welcome to the Music <laughs> Maniacs podcast with Side After Dark, your new favorite band. There you go. I'm Dan Berg. I'm Sifa Graffiti. And we're doing this shit live for the Woo! people. Ow! And, um, <laughs> whoop! And, you know, because we're doing it live, we had to do a tribute to one of the best live artists, bands, groups, whatever word you want to use of all Ever. time. Yeah. And we're talking about a band. The band. A band that was called? Queen. Yeah. And thanks for being here. Let's get into it. Doing it We're up. Talking about Queen. Okay. Oh my gosh. And here's the thing. So, first of all, shout out to all y'all. So, this is the reason that this all came about. So, we started this podcast like a year ago um, in September. So, it's almost a year. Yeah. And at the beginning of July, we had like 500 ish subscribers on the YouTube channel. Yeah. And as of now, we have like 2,500 yeah. in mid August. Right. So it's crazy. Like the growth has been crazy. And we wanted to do like live podcasts as a way to like get back to, to everybody that's been like coming up and following us and shit. And for those of you that are very astute viewers, you might notice that we're not in the same room right now. <laughs> and the reason for that. I thought you were been... right over here. Oh, I'm on. Yeah, I'm on the other side of the room. Okay. I'm, yeah, yeah. But the reason for that is because as we were getting ready to do a live podcast, we realized that we don't have the equipment necessary necessary to do it in the same room. <laughs> so we were like, fuck, all right, I guess we got to do it like this. So, But we're, we're obviously just super excited to do it. We're excited for y'all to be here. Mm-hmm. We'll do it live. Uh, fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> Did we curse live or are we going to get taken down? Is that okay? Uh, I, don't, I think so. Can we, we fucking curse. curse or what? Yeah, I've definitely heard cursing on a live. Yeah, that's right. Okay, this is not national TV. <laughs> We're not on <laughs> SNL right now. Hilarious. I wanna, I wanna read comments so bad. <laughs> We're gonna. <laughs> we don't want to read too many comments during it because it'll probably fuck up our flow. But we <laughs> will get to like comments and stuff and questions all at the end. So definitely keep commenting. Talk between yourselves. We appreciate it. But we're gonna get into it. We're talking about one of the greatest bands that's ever existed. Yeah. Bar none. Yeah. And I got to say, like, it's so easy when you talk about Queen to just, like, think about Freddie. But as I've been doing so much more research, I realize how important everybody in this band is to the success of the band and how just how important they all are. Like, I really have such more respect for each of them as a group and as individuals after doing and not right and not even just because oh okay let's just spread the love around it's like each member of queen is in the songwriters hall of fame like that's crazy they all make hits (laughs) (laughs) and it's so crazy and like this is obviously we're going to talk about freddie we're going to talk about all the boys but it's like it's this is such a it's such a compliment to freddie that you he lives the words so much Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't even really know that he didn't write all these songs right Correct. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's not that we that you don't get love for all the other people. It's just like he embodies the word so much. It's like almost easy to forget 
that he didn't write all of these songs. Yeah, he is your quintessential front man. I would love to have somebody like that as a front man if I were in, an instrumentalist. You know what I'm saying? I write a song down and I'm using my hands and you get to like live what I'm writing. I'd be, it would be a joy to play with him all the time. Yeah, it yeah. I mean, and you can you can really feel that joy just watching them. Mm-hmm. But but we're we're getting to it. Okay, so where where do we even start? I would start with Roger. Okay, go for it. Um, I just want to start with Roger Taylor because I I just feel like I feel like he's like the 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 sturdy ox in between, right? Writing the songs, you know, um, this this born in England, of course, and you know, just starting off young and just getting to meet Brian and then just starting away. Like Brian and Roger is who I want to start with. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I guess if we're talking about like Queen, we got to talk about Brian and Roger first, and then we yeah. we can bring everybody in and get into like the backstory and stuff. But mm-hmm. so so Brian was a student mm-hmm. at the Imperial College of London. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That is a bargain basement school, just in case you guys want to know. If you didn't yeah, nobody, if you didn't figure it out from the title, it's the worst school you could go to. Nobody prestigious has ever gone there. <laughs> it's kind of like those things, like if you go to the Imperial College of London, like you kind of try to hide it from your friends. Yeah. You yeah. don't, you don't want to mention that. <laughs> but um so Brian was there. He was studying physics, right? Mm-hmm. Even though he his his real love was astronomy. Yeah, Brian or Roger? Uh, Brian. Did I say Roger? No, you said Brian, but Roger was studying. Uh, <laughs> too. Oh yeah, my bad. So Brian was there for physics and astronomy. Yeah, and he wanted to start a band. Yeah. He was a guitar player. We should we should probably say that he did play guitar. He plucked the strings. You know what uh-huh. I mean. And he wanted to start a band, and he he put up a. Back in the day, you know, before social media, if you wanted to post something, you actually had to put it up on a wall. Yes. Like yes. a physical wall, not a Facebook yeah. wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Your memes. <laughs> so he had to actually post an ad at the Imperial College for a drummer. And the way that he did it is so fucking funny. Because he's like, I'm looking for a, a Mitch Mitchell, Ginger Baker type drummer. Yes. <laughs> which is like... I mean, I respect, I respect your ambitions, dude, <laughs> but like, come on, bro. Like, that's like, imagine the other end, it, Roger, who, who, who drums, it puts up an ad. He's like, I'm looking for like a Jimi Hendrix type guitarist, like a Jimi <laughs> Hendrix, uh, Jimmy Page type guitarist. If there's anyone around. They should be lining up. <laughs> you know what? I mean? It's very, it's a very lofty goal. Yeah. You know, yeah. but he went for it. He did. Well, no, I wasn't going to say, I was just going to oh, say how bad. intelligent he is. Cause this is somebody who actually made his guitar. He made it sound just like it was like this man. He could have been a great physician. No, I'm just kidding. A great physicist. <laughs> he could have been a great physicist just without the music because he, he came from an engineering background and, you know, he got the guitar when he was little and he didn't really like the way it sounded or his fingers couldn't really work it. And he's like, I want to turn this into an electric Spanish guitar. Yeah. yeah. So he wraps copper wires around like at the fretboard and stuff and and it turns it into his own. He's like the first Eddie Van Halen. Like, you know, he turns it into his own. Shout out. <laughs> yeah, he could have been designing rocket ships and shit, but he decided to be a rock star instead. So good exactly. for him. We applaud you for that. <laughs> good for you, Brian. But it's cool that you said that because um, literally, like, I remember when I first started playing guitar, like, and I would get into Queen and shit. Yeah. I remember, like, I, when I first started, like, learning about guitars, like, oh, like, that's a Stratocaster, that's a Les Paul or whatever. I remember looking at, like, the Queen videos 
and just it being like what the fuck is this <laughs> like what kind of guitar is this and then i did research on it and i figured and i learned that he made his guitar and i was like this is a different kind of guy yeah yeah like this yeah. isn't just a party animal rock star kind of guy no 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 you know he's a gentle guitar player studies yeah. the craft of the actual mechanism and not just the sound he's a great axeman <laughs> with a great head of hair yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, maybe Ed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So shout out to that. So so he puts the ad in um for uh, Mitch Mitchell, <laughs> Ginger Baker type drummer, which mm -hmm. is still so funny to me. And Roger comes through, and they said that immediately. They knew that the, between the two of them, they had something. Yes. Yeah. 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 You can feel things like that sometimes too. You know. Yeah. It's just like, okay, well, whoever comes in now, it's like, we've got too strong. So whoever else comes in is going to have to match up to us right. or, you know, we kick them out. Like, right. which they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's just so cool to like, think about it because again, like I said at the beginning, like I, you always think of Freddie when you think of Queen right of the way, mm -hmm. but when you kind of do the research on it, you realize that Brian and Roger are really the backbone of Queen. Like yeah. they were there before Freddie and they're there after Freddie. Yes, that's true. That's true. You know, um, so they meet up mm -hmm. and they're doing drummer and guitar things. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's what you do, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> and they go to start a band and um, it's the band. They originally call it Smile. <laughs> very, very creative name. They were frowning all the time while they were playing. Well, I, you, it's funny because, you know, uh, I've seen Brian and Roger be very pleasant, but they actually really don't smile a lot, which is <laughs> What are you trying to say? <laughs> They're mean. No. They should have named the band Frown. <laughs> but, um, and they had a singer. Mm -hmm. his, Tim. Name, his name was Tim, um, Tim, Tim, whatever the fuck of, oh, no. of, of the prestigious whatever the fuck family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they did, they did all right. They didn't really go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But their lives were about to change. Yeah. Because they Roger was working at like a clothing store or some shit, right? Or like some mm -hmm. kind of like stall in like London, like in a market, right? Yeah, yeah. And he had a co-worker there uh -huh. who was a guy that was going by the name of Freddie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at this point we should probably give some of his backstory because his story is so interesting. Yeah, and kind of different from the others. So much different. Yeah. I mean... So Freddie was born Farupa Sara mm -hmm. in Zanzibar. Uh-huh. Which, first of all, Zanzibar, just the name of that, it sounds like the coolest place you've ever been. It, it just sounds it sounds great. Like you don't have to know anything about Zanzibar to know that there's palm trees there. Yeah. When I was growing up, there was a club here in Flatbush called Club Zanzibar. Like, you know, and I was like the best club to go to. So that's it's was it true. tropical? Did they serve like daiquiris and shit? <laughs> uh, it's Caribbean, so you know they should. They're definitely the rum punches and all those things are going around. <laughs> That's what's up. Uh -huh. So Freddie was born. Oh, sorry, Farouk. He was not. He was not Freddie yet. Right. He was born in Zanzibar um, to an Indian family, and his dad was working for like the British something, some kind of like British Foreign Office, right? Yeah. So he had. They weren't. They weren't like poor. They were actually like relatively pretty well off for for what they were around. And Freddy they actually was broke and he had to sell drugs to make it. <laughs> he had to sell crack before crack was even a thing. He was that ahead of a time. 
<laughs> but he he went to boarding school in India. Yes. And you know, at the boarding school, they teach you to be like very like proper English. So he ended up being more like proper in English than a lot of the people that he ended up meeting in England. Yeah, 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 that's true. Learn the classical arts. Like, I mean, you know, boarding school is pretty serious. Like, you know, I wonder if they beat him there. He didn't say anything. <laughs> that's the kind of thing that uh, <laughs> you push it down in the true British spirit. You push it down. <laughs> it makes okay? you a soldier. <laughs> it makes you better. <laughs> it makes you a soldier of the British army so you can serve the queen. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, Pun intended. Uh, okay, so so Freddie was there, uh, you know, and he was always apparently they had a grand piano like in their house in Zanzibar, yeah. so mm -hmm. he was always getting into music, and he was continuing to learn that, you know, as he was in boarding school and shit, and um, he used to get made fun of a lot, yeah, because Why? of his teeth. Oh, because this was a person that was born with four extra teeth. Mm-hmm. In the back of his uh, in the back of his mouth, so it made his his like overbite like super strong. Yeah, yeah. And um, it cut it. It actually turns out that he believes that is a big reason why he can sing the way that he can. Yeah, yeah. That's what I saw. Um, that it like pushes his voice out, which is true. And then you top the British accent over it, where they kind of speak forward too, as opposed yeah. to Americans who kind of speak back a little uh, bit. What are you talking uh, about? Blah, blah. Yeah. What are you saying? Like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the vocals need to go out that way. Yeah. And it's funny, like I was thinking about that. And it's like, if you, I think we were talking about this the other day. Like if you have a voice like that, you're not fucking with this at all. Mm -mm. <laughs> you're not taking out any teeth. You're not getting your wisdom teeth removed. You're not getting braces. You're not getting fucking veneers. Nothing. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like that's, mm -hmm. you're like, I am not messing with this. Yeah. yeah and he yeah. was not messing with that. Yeah. That's confidence for you. You know, first of all, he knows he's going to make it. That's one thing. You know what I'm saying? Cause yeah. Who says you're gonna make it, Freddie? Who says you're that good? Oh, well, there's there's a funny story that about that too. <laughs> uh, but but we let's not get ahead of ourselves, you know, as we like to say. <laughs> um, so he went to school, boarding school in India. He went back to Zanzibar, like while there was a revolution happening in Zanzibar. Mm -hmm. That's the time to go. Yeah, not really the best time to stay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, so if you're saying should I stay or should I go, mm -hmm. you should probably go. <laughs> so, so they went to London. They went, they went over to England, which is where you know he got into the scene there. And then he ended up, like we said, he was working at a whatever, like boutique stall in like a London market, yeah. where he became friends with Roger. And they were always apparently they were just like always really good friends before Roger even knew him as a singer. Like they were always just like fucking around and like you know getting into trouble and just like having fun. Like him and yeah. Roger were just always really good friends from the time yeah. they met. Yeah, Roger was like, he didn't even think that, he didn't even see him as a singer. That was just his homie. Or yeah. his his mate. His mates. His chat. One of the words I'm jealous of, because we're from here and we can't use that word. We can use it. Who's going to stop oh, you? Who's going to stop you? Everybody that says I'm pretentious for using that word in America. I think we're mates. <laughs> we are mates. You know what I mean? So hey, it is mate. what it is. Hey, mate. <laughs> you want to have some practice later, mate? Oh. Um, I feel like that was more Australian than British. Yeah, yeah. It kind of <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at accents, guys. Sorry. Will you will you ever forgive me? People at home, will you forgive me? Um, tell us in the comments if how shitty my accents are. So okay, yeah. So so Roger was in a band, he was friends with Freddie. Yeah. And Freddie was always like super into the band. Like he was kind of setting himself up to just like always be around the band. Yeah. 
so then when Tim of the prestigious whatever the fuck family mm-hmm. got an offer to join another band, which was like Lumpy Bong. Yeah, it, and in some other band he was in, and they mentioned them as if you're supposed to know them. So I think it's a bigger in English sensation as well, like, you know, and, and not necessarily mainstream America. But Tim, to his credit, was more into kind of like R&B, soul, Motown. He wanted to do that. He didn't necessarily want to do like rock, you know what I mean? So that's kind of why, you know, they didn't really mesh. It's not that Tim wasn't talented because he wouldn't even be around um, right. around any of those guys if he wasn't, ta- if he weren't talented. So that's why he left pretty right. much. So hi, he Tim. did, he, hi Tim, if you're watching, we appreciate you. <laughs> so Tim left and Freddie's like, well, you guys aren't going to stop, right? And at this point he had already been going by Freddie. I don't know if he was Freddie Mercury yet. Right, yeah. I, don't... I think that happened around this time. Yeah, as the band started growing. Yeah. That's who he became. He grew into the Mercury life. The Mercury life chose him. You know what I mean? He didn't choose it. But yeah, yeah. so Tim leaves and Freddie comes in and he's just like, all right. Apparently, he always had like a very fine eye for detail. Mm -hmm. And he was like very, from the very beginning when he got in the band, he was like, okay, we got to switch some things up. Um, So we're going to have a new name and it's going to be Queen and that's it yeah <laughs> he's just like it's gonna be called queen okay and it's like it took them seconds literally because they were kind of like oh, i don't know about that and it's like it'll stand out like it's different and it's like why not like you know that's that yeah. that's that boarding school and freddie for the detail there you know right everything in its perfect spot i guess <laughs> and i didn't know this until i was doing research for this he designed their logo i didn't know that until i was researching it either yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Which is pretty cool. It's like, I wish, I don't have the logo right now, but it's like, it has um like a crab for Brian, who's a cancer. Shout out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you got the two, uh, what fuck? Because Roger and, well, Roger's not even in the picture yet. Roger Deacon. Right. Because they had a bunch of different bass players. John Deacon. Oh, fuck. I'm fucking up. I'm getting all these days. I'm just getting really excited, guys. John Deacon, <laughs> or as they call him, Deaky. Yeah, yeah. I heard somebody in a video, I heard somebody introduce him as Deacon John. And I'm like, am I wrong here? Is that that just the British way to do it? (laughs) I guess so. Hello, everyone. My name is Bergdan, and I'm here to play guitar for you. (laughs) Bergdan. Oh, my gosh. That's cool. Bergdan? Bergdan. It could be one name, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's your new uh, stage name. Yeah, you heard it here first. Um, (laughs) Okay, so what were we saying? Okay, so they they were going through bass players. Yeah. Right. They were going through bass players until they ended up with John Deacon, mm-hmm. who not only was a great bass player, but he was also like an electrical engineer. I mean, these guys like <laughs> the brains on these guys, you know, and he he apparently engineered some of the amps that Brian would use to get some of the sounds in some of their records. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, I didn't fucking know that. Give these guys their flowers now yeah but so so then so the band logo we're going back to that so it's a crab for brian who's a cancer Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. two lions right for the leos who are john and roger and then uh like a like fairies for freddie yes right Mm -hmm. all around like a like some kind of like almost like like a crest kind of like based on like the crown or whatever yeah they have the crown and i just thought it was so cool like i didn't know freddie fucking made that he really knew how they want he wanted to present the band like from the second he got in yeah, 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 yeah. Which is absolutely. which is sick. A visionary is what we can call him. He did have vision. Mm-hmm. Vision mm-hmm. he had. 
And um, okay, so yeah. they, so they get together, mm-hmm. and they they started making songs, obviously, and they knew. Well, first of all, they knew that Freddie was different when he started singing, because mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. just had. This is the thing about Freddie. We'll obviously talk about this more. He was just. I would consider him like the probably what one of, if not the greatest frontman of all time. Me too. And he just has the crowd like this. Yeah, the whole he's got time. the presence, like everything. From mm-hmm. the start, people were just like he would be in just like a little club, and just like every no, you couldn't take your eyes off him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's funny you you brought up earlier. He was like the confidence in himself to like know he was going to be big. This is a story that I think I think it was Tim that said this, but I could be wrong because you know they were all friends before Freddie was in the band. Yeah, he was always saying that like he was going to be like a pop star, and then one day Freddie was in the bar, just like all sad, like fucking like like head down just like looking all sad yeah and tim goes up to him like fred what's wrong what's wrong fred and he's like i'm not gonna be a rock star <laughs> i'm gonna be a legend <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like whoa this guy knows what's going on yeah 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 he d- he's speaking to whoever's out there in the ethereal plane it's giving him those songs well the question is was he speaking to them or were they speaking to him Maybe they're having a conversation. Was it the muses speaking to him gently in his ear, or was it a back and forth? I, it, I'm going to say it's a back and forth because it's Freddie. Yeah, not Kruger. He can sing through the heavens. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, so the band is together, the classic lineup, and they start making their song. They start touring around. They they get signed, and they put out their first album, which doesn't really do much. Right, it is okay. I would be happy with it. Yeah, it, it is cool. Rec- yeah, mm-hmm. Brian was like, you know, you think you make it, you go in the record store and you walk in the record store, like, hey, do you have the new Queen album? And they're like, what? Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just, it's so crazy to think of, like, you know, that start to, you know, what they become. Yeah, what they become is out of control and astronomical. So it yeah, it really is. Yeah, so that first album doesn't really do that great, but it still gets their name out. People are still kind of hearing and knowing about them enough to put out a second album that freaking rocks. You Queen know? 2. Exactly. <laughs> and this is really cool. It's so weird how just like such like little, like what do they call it? Like the butterfly effect, how such like one little tiny thing can just create this completely like cascading effect that just changes everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there was this show. I don't know if it's still going on, but I know it was a big deal for a long time. The Top of the Pops. Yes. Right? And David Bowie, who was pretty good by himself. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him, but maybe you should check him out. Uh, <laughs> he was scheduled to play. And literally the day of, I guess he he didn't have like the video that he wanted ready or like something didn't happen the way that he wanted it. So So David Bowie dropped out. And Top of the Pops producers are like, oh, fuck, it's the day of. Like, who are we going to get? And apparently Queen were, like, the only people that were ready to go, like, on that day. Like, the opportunity was there, and they went for it. Yeah. And so they played Top of the Pops, and and they just murdered it. And it's funny because Top of the Pops, you're lip-syncing. Yeah, it was, like, a corny show. Um, I think... um... Roger was like, you hit the symbol and it's just like, like it doesn't even make any sound at all and stuff like that. So they thought it was really corny, but at the same time, they knew it was a really great opportunity. It's just one of those things. You go on the cheesy show 
and right. everybody gets to know you though. You right. know what I mean? You might not be able to curse. You might have to change your words. You can't play live, but you're going to get known. Well, this is the way that I see it. It's like all those things that you said, but also with Freddie, you put that man on a stage. He is going to do everything that he can. Yeah. You know what? There's no half-assing with him. It's like if you were turning on that TV, you would be like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Yeah. Like Even as was... a child, I, I felt like that. Like, who is this guy? And right? and it's so interesting because everybody else in the band, the other two, they just seem so normal. You know what I mean? The music right. is crazy, you know, but they play it so, you know, normally, so like quietly in a way they you know in terms of like their demeanor very and british yeah you know very stiff upper lip you know <laughs> but um but then freddie is just like holding his hand out making a fist strong arms walking like a matador like you know holding the mic i he's another one that i looked at as a kid and i was just like what made him decide to do that and now it's taken and you know what i mean and it's like if, if anybody else does it Everybody knows where it comes from. Oh my god, I was literally just thinking about that the other day. Because <laughs> yeah, like if, to be a little more specific for y'all, that you all probably know what we're talking about. So you know, you have a mic stand, right? And it's like it. There's a, a tube that the mic is in, right? And then that basically goes into another tube that's connected to the ground. And he would basically take the top tube out, mm -hmm. and he would. There were just so many things that you could do with it. Ah, you could oh, hold it up, you could hold it into the crowd, and all yep. this shit. And it's like if you were let me let me ask you a question, Sifa. If we were at an open mic or we were at one of our shows in New York City, which, by the way, if you're around New York City, come see us at Brooklyn Music Kitchen, September 9th. Hey, um, if you were at a show and you saw anybody ever do that with the mic, what's the first thing you're going to think? Uh, well, I'm going to be in the front row. Like, I need to be near this person. I need to know what you do. Like <laughs> I'm saying, like, if I saw that now, I'd be like, bro, you're not Freddie Mercury. Oh, if I was to see it and it like was right now, like okay. us right now, if we oh, went yeah. to a show and somebody absolutely. was doing that, absolutely, 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 right. yeah, we've seen and that's a lot so of crazy that you could just you can have just it's a mic stand. Mm -hmm. He didn't make a new mic stand like Brian nope. made a new guitar. It's just piece of the mic stand, but he just owned it. Like nobody can ever do that now. Yeah. I'm going to take my mic stand out and I'm going to limbo with it on stage. How about that? <laughs> While you're singing? Yes. Yes. Challenge accepted. <laughs> hey, be on the lookout for that at our next show. Um, damn. Okay, I just got super excited. Where were we at? So they did Top of the Pops. Yeah, they did Top of the Pops. And Freddie, of course, you know he's going to get out there and do everything he can. That's where you were pretty much. And we went off into the, the that tangent. Yeah, what a what a what a great tangent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so they do Top of the Pops, and it gets them obviously a lot more exposure. I think the song they were doing was Seven Seas of Rye, mm -hmm. and it gets them a lot bigger. So you know they have more leeway to kind of focus more and, and put more time in on the studio yeah and this reminds me of something i don't remember who said this but when we first originally started doing like reactions on our on our youtube channel mm -hmm. we were talking about like why is 70s music so good and i remember somebody saying something that really stuck with me and they were like the thing is like in the 70s like the technology yeah. finally caught up with the creativity the of the musicians. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I really feel that with Queen because mm -hmm. they started, you know, they started layering these their vocals in this huge operatic way with all these multi-tracks and all these all the shit. And I think about it, I'm like, yeah, if this band came out like five, seven years earlier, 
they might not have been able to do that. No, 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 no. It's too progressive. You know what I'm saying? They're part Prague as well, Queen. You know, they put everything into their rock and roll. And and I feel like, you know, there are a lot of people who feel like they're not really rock. You know what I'm saying? But they've literally made like their own lane. You know what I mean? And, and put so many different forms into rock. And that's what you want to do with yeah. such a great style of music. You want to be able to have a whole bunch of different tentacles and stuff. And now look at us this day. Like we have so much. We got our turnover. We got new metal. We got so much different things you know yeah thanks rock fathers thanks queen <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah so so that kind of culminates in a song more i don't even i don't even know if song is the right word it's just a fucking epic yeah <laughs> i mean honestly it's it's a song called bohemian rhapsody mm-hmm. and it's like this song is just fucking it's a masterpiece i don't throw that word around a lot but i'm sure all of you already know that it's a masterpiece it's yeah. just crazy. I mean, it's like, it's, it's opera, it's rock, it's like a ballad, it's everything all in one. And they were saying it was, the recording for it was so crazy. They had to record it in like six different, six different studios. Yes. And nobody really even knew what it was going to be like, except for Freddie, really, who had it yes. all in his head. Yeah. Because it was like, you do a guitar at this studio, you do some vocals at this studio, you do some drums at this studio. Like, everybody's like, I I mean, it's going to be something, but I don't really know what it is. Yeah, yeah. And he had been working on that uh, song for a while, like the words. He knew he wanted to do some type of um, mama type sing out because he had a favorite song and it was similar to that. And he wanted to start out the same style like it. But yeah, nobody knew. You just heard like Galileo's here, high pitched here, driving guitars here. You're just like, what is this going to be? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so crazy. Sorry. No, and then it ends up what it is. That's all I was going to (laughs) say. It does end up what it is. And it's just, uh, it's just, it's just so amazing. And of course, the record label is like, what are we supposed to do with a six minute song? This isn't a single. What the fuck is this? This, What is this, an art piece? Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was like, that was like, um, uh, 75. Right. And they were already like, they already had international success like by then and stuff like that. So there was just, they were just going up and up and up. I think their biggest song before that was killer queen. Right. Yeah. 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 And that's beautifully made as well. Mm Mm-hmm. You can kind of hear the hints of like the operatic vocals and stuff in the multi-tracks there. You know, yeah. that's when it really starts. They really start kind of finding their sound and hitting their stride, I think. Right, right. Because before Brian and Roger had known that just the sound of their two voices together, when they go into high notes and stuff, they knew they had something. So you just had to add a little bit more electronics and just layer more. They just, yeah. they just knew it. Yeah. And the way they said it was funny. They were like, yeah, we realized um, Brian could do the, the lowest notes and... And Roger could do the highest notes and Freddie could do everything else. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So they end up making the song and you know, the record label didn't really want to push it, mm-hmm. but Freddie had some friends in the business. Mm-hmm. They got, what's his name? I think it was like Kenny Everett, mm-hmm. the, the DJ. He was a big time DJ and he was friends with Freddie. And Freddie was like, Hey, I got this new shit. Paraphrasing. he's like yo what's up bud i got this new stuff for you (laughs) and you know the record company didn't want him to play it the radio station that he he was on didn't want him to play it because it's this crazy song nobody would ever expect this to be a hit Mm -hmm. and it's so funny he was just like oops my finger slipped oops my finger slipped again he played it like 14 times in a weekend yeah 
And now all of a sudden the label is getting thousands of calls like, hey, what are you putting this song out? This is fucking amazing. Right? Make that label. Yeah. Yeah, whatever label they were on at the time. I don't remember. It's not important. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the suits don't know. Most of the time the suits don't know. (laughs) The thing about the suits is that they're not artists. That's always what the battle is. Yeah, yeah. They're always just trying to make money. They don't really, they're not here to talk about what's good art or not. And that's why there's always a battle between the company and the artist. Yeah, and sometimes if you're just really, really um, froward or if you really dig your heels in, you can convince the suits. And people, Frank Zappa, said that he would rather the suits be in charge because then you had to actually convince them. You had, there was those people who actually did not know. And he's like, nowadays it's just like somebody who, some kid that's like 20 years younger than him. That's like, no, I know, I know what people are listening to. I know what's good. So, you know, the suits aren't too bad. Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Some of the suits will give you a pass. Okay. Um, But yeah, so, so that song, it just becomes huge. Right. And I mean, nobody, again, nobody's heard anything like this before. So it just brings them to a completely different stratosphere. Mm-hmm. Takes them all the way in the future to Wayne's world. But <laughs> it takes them 20 years in the machine. future. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what a, that's, you know what that is? You know what I call that? What? Excellent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Wayne's world. And yeah. Shout out to Wayne and Garth. <laughs> um. But yeah, so they that now they're just they're full blown just huge international rock stars. Yeah, and they popularize like the music video with that too. Right. That's another, yes. yeah. I was gonna say that's another way that they're innovators because they mm-hmm. they made a music video for that song like seven eight years before MTV was even a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a song like that deserves a video. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I like the video too. Yeah, like- and it's cool. It's cool. In, like in its simplicity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're not doing crazy things. It's pretty much, you know, a stage and then there's some like, you know, effects. Mm-hmm. But for most part, they're just rocking it. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. So now they're huge. They're way bigger than they were. Their star keeps rising. And they keep playing bigger and bigger venues. Mm-hmm. And they actually kind of start writing songs specifically for these venues. Yes. Yes. And they said they're not going to write a song until the best year in music comes around. Uh, so, what what year was that? So if this you is nineteen seventy seven. Best year for rock and roll. Woo-hoo! Yeah, we did a podcast on our Patreon about the greatest years in rock, and for some reason it skips every ten years. But seventy seven is a especially good one. Yeah, really so good one. Had to throw that out there. But yeah, so basically, and then this is where um the talent of all the band members comes in because mm-hmm. they're all writing hits. You know what I mean? I think We're the Champions was was that Freddie. And then I think We Will Rock You might have been Roger mm-hmm. or Brian. It, we Will Rock You wasn't Freddie. No, definitely wasn't Freddie. Yeah. But anyway, so now they're playing stadiums and they're mm-hmm. literally writing songs specifically to fit into the stadiums, which is kind of a flex. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I mean? Like, that's pretty dope that you could do that. And it works. And it's just like, again, it's it's just so crazy. Like the way their style is just like, it's so like too. It's so it can be so straightforward rock, but it's also so operatic and grand at the same time. Like mm-hmm. we will rock you. The hook is just mm-hmm. like it's the simplest thing ever. But when they do it, it's epic. 
And everybody knows it. I'm a dance teacher sometimes, and I sometimes teach these kids in like these programs and stuff. So I'm like, this was like 2012, and the kids were like third graders. And I was like, all right, kids, I want you to stop. I want you to get a rhythm and stomp and clap. I had them stomp once and clap once, but the third graders are like, do do clap, do do clap, and they're like, we will for real. Yes. That's so sick. Yeah. They're like kids. They're probably like, they're not even that old now. I don't know. Maybe 13, maybe in high school now. But yeah, I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is crazy. I mean, that just goes to show the influence. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's insane. I'm really mm -hmm. glad you had that story to pull out because that's sick. <laughs> it's crazy. But um, yeah, so they, they're writing just like huge arena filled songs. They're playing arenas. And this is something that I didn't really know either. Around yeah. this time, I guess... um. Well, first, they were getting screwed out of money by their management. Why not? So it's pretty typical, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they got a new they got a new manager who was also like Elton John's manager. Yes. Who like did really well for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And him, I believe it was him. He kind of came up to him at the time. He was like, you know, like um, if you guys went to South America, you could play football stadiums. Uh, and they were like, get out of here. They're like, no <laughs> fucking way. People in Brazil like Queen? But he was like, no, like, I'm telling you, like, you could do it. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they were like, all right, fuck it. Like, we've already toured everywhere in Europe. We've already toured everywhere in America. Like, why not see, you know, as far as we can take it? Yeah, yeah. And so they, they start to, you know, set up shows. And it's crazy because the governments of these countries, like, at first they, would, like, didn't want them to do it. Exactly. They're, like, on the phone with the army general. Like, that's who's in charge. Not the promoter, you know. <laughs> that's how you know you made it. One of the kings of the country is like, listen, who, what if somebody shouts out Viva wrong person? Like, you know what right. I mean? In the middle of that, like what, what's going to happen then? It's going to start a riot. They're like, are we going to have to kill all of our citizens? Cause that's what they're thinking. They're not thinking right. about things breaking down. They're like, we don't have to kill too many people. Like, they're literally like, you're talking about hundreds not well maybe not hundreds of thousands but tens of thousands of people gathered into a crowd yes and when you have you know somebody like freddie or, or the whole band that can galvanize people like that mm -hmm. imagine if they just said everybody find the nearest cop and punch <laughs> him in the face <laughs> like, they would probably fucking do it in that moment yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? and they were like legitimately worried about that but their manager smart guy he just like he, he pulls the fucking Roman card on them. He's just like, think about it like this. This is this is panacea for the people. This is the gladiator games for the people. You you give them food and you give them circus and they're not going to give a shit. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they were like, okay, we'll let the people have some rock music. Mm -hmm. If you want Queen to come back, you will all behave yourselves. <laughs> and it's so wild. I mean, they had to have like basically the army as their party, as their bodyguards. Mm-hmm. You know, because they didn't want them to get kidnapped and shit, and then it would be a whole international incident. Like, yes, <laughs> this is so big time. It's yeah. just insane. Yeah, yeah, and like it's like it's the coolest thing ever, though, because it's like they go there, they have like all of that going on, and Latin America comes outside. Like we were just talking about it just the other day. Like Latin America will support, and Roger was like, they knew all the words. Brian too, like they knew every single word. They didn't even speak English, and they knew all the words to their songs. Yeah, like, it's just insane. And I didn't even think about this again. This is another thing about Queen that. They're just so influential. I almost didn't even realize how influential they were until we were doing all of this research. But, you know, it would kind of like we were saying, like, to this day, 
South America loves their fucking rock music. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. this day, metal, fucking hard rock, everything. They come out for that shit. Yep. And Queen were the first big rock band to go down there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, who knows? Like if Queen never did that, who knows if rock music would be as big there to this day? Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Because they wouldn't let Zeppelin go down there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, Jimmy Page. I'll no TVs you, out of hotel rooms. If the doors were around at the time, they definitely wouldn't let them. <laughs> they definitely would not let them go. <laughs> the doors can't even make mainstream American TV anymore. <laughs> You're all slaves. <laughs> I say we kill the army general. <laughs> but uh, that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's crazy. They were saying they were literally like in these dugouts, like where the, I guess the soccer teams would usually be. And they're just like, oh, fuck. Like, I guess we're really doing this. Yeah. And they just, and they wreck the shows and they, and again, this is just all more practice for them to deal with crowds and especially for Freddie mm-hmm. to really learn how to make an entire crowd of so many people just like right here with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I was starting up all of that. And they followed him though. I, I watched one of the performances and and he they follow him every single step of the way. They're just like and they even know when he wants them to sing it right after them. He doesn't have to point to them, anything. Mm-hmm. Like that was the coolest thing. And he probably was like, I'm a real maestro. He was like, I think I think we got something good going on. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, so they there's bigger and bigger. And um, you know, at this point, they kind of start to enjoy their success. Yeah. Right? And it was mm-hmm. funny because somebody was saying, I don't remember who it was, they were like, Queen, a lot of people don't realize they were like the biggest party band for a while, but they kept their shit like again, these are some smart fucking guys. They're not just mm-hmm. out, they're not getting arrested for drug driving, they're not going to rehab and shit. They're keeping their shit real in pocket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Freddie is having a good time with a lot of people, which we'll come back. Um, and by the way, so he he was in a relationship with this girl, Mary Austin, who she will come back in the story for mm-hmm. like years and years and years. And at this point, as they're kind of getting bigger and he's kind of getting more like comfortable with himself and he knows who he is a little bit more. This is really funny because this was in the movie. I didn't think this was real, but apparently this really happened. With Elton John's manager? Well, that part, but also, whatever the, okay. But about what he said to Mary... Okay. They were they were in a relationship for like seven, eight years. Yeah, yeah. And at one point, you know, he kept staying out later and later. And she thought, like, oh, is, is Freddie with like with another woman? Like, what's going on? Like, blah, blah, blah. And at some point, Freddie comes in, he's like, Mary, I need to talk to you. I'm bisexual. And she was like, No, you're not. <laughs> She's just like, No, you're fucking not. It's fine. Like, I still like I love you. I care about you as a person. Like, I I understand. Like. Um, but I just thought that was funny because I saw that in the movie. I was like, there's no way that is really a conversation. But apparently that is really a conversation that they had. She's like, no, Freddie, you're gay. Yeah. <laughs> there's a difference. Yeah. Like, and- Elton John's manager did that too. He was just like, when they brought him in, he's like, oh, I hope you guys don't mind. You know, I'm gay. I hope it doesn't like, you know, offend anybody. And he's like, Freddie's like, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's so it's so interesting because like he never like, he didn't, he never, Freddie never made it like a big deal. That mm-hmm. he was gay because it's not a big deal. Right. And he just lived, he always just lived his life the way that he wanted to fucking live his life. And if you like it, that's cool. And if you don't, I don't give a shit. I'm gonna continue being who I am and I don't care. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I always I always love that about him. There was always just a feel like all this, all this, you know, everything that he was doing, it's just him. Like he wasn't 
you know, obviously you put on a little bit of an act when you're on stage, but he was just being his his truest self. The whole yeah, time. yeah. I mean, I that that to me, that's like a almost like a given in a way. Like when I was a child, I knew Freddie Mercury was gay. Like I never was like shocked. There was certain people you just know Freddie Mercury to me, George Michael. Like, why do you even have to come out? It's like, like we all know Ricky Martin. Like, what, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, we yeah. know it's okay. Please stay performing. Like, you know, right, right. You just yeah. continue to be you and continue to live your life. Yeah. And so around this time, you know, they're getting bigger and bigger. And this is one of the coolest things. I I love this about. We were talking earlier how every single member of the band is just a crazy, talented songwriter. Mm -hmm. So at this point, uh, Mr. Deacon, <laughs> he just like, he'll just come in every now and then and just drop a fucking banger. Yeah. And he just comes in with this bass line. Do, 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 do. And that becomes their biggest song. Yeah. Well, he plays around with it for a while and then mm -hmm. they take a break and they go out, they have coffee and stuff. And when they come back in the studio, he forgets it. He can't remember it. Yeah. But yeah. Roger remembered it. He was like, I remembered it, though. Like, that's how many good riffs you have going on in your head that you're just right. like, oh, I was just playing around. Yeah. No, it's, it. it's crazy. It's crazy how talented they are. They all mm -hmm. are. And a similar thing happened. I think this is around the same time. Right. They were in Montreux. Uh -huh. Montreux, Switzerland, uh -huh. where so much cool rock shit happens, apparently. We're going. If, if cool rock shit means burning down a casino. <laughs> <laughs> but so they were in the studio in Montreux, and apparently, again, here comes David Bowie. Mm -hmm. I guess he just lived nearby. And he was like, hey, you guys want to go grab grab a meal or whatever? Oh, I mixed them up. Yeah, it's for Under Pressure. It's not for Another One Bites the Dust. That's what it is. That's the riff that- um, That was the one that he forgot. forgot? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. mixing up. It's the, it's the story you're about to tell now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, way to ruin my story, Sifa. So sad. <laughs> but- After Dark. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, so they're in Montreux and David Bowie just like, oh, let's just hang out. And they end up back at the studio. And he, again, here comes John just with a fucking just low key banger. And they're all just like, oh, this is something. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, you have the song Under Pressure, which is probably one of the greatest songs ever. Yeah. It's yeah. such an epic song. And it's, it's like so beautiful. Like, what do you even say about it? It's so beautiful. Like, um, this the whole band just really feels like they're in sync. Like, David and, and Freddie singing together. It's just such a classic song. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is more like the David Bowie that I really know. Like, I don't really know 70s David Bowie that much. Like, as a child, 80s David Bowie, where he's all cropped with, like, a suit. And, like, you know, he's looking super, I don't know, Max Hedrum. That's another 80s character. Like, that's, that's the David Bowie I know. And that song is epic. Epic. I wonder why they didn't just change it into a rap song there's like a little there you could do like ice ice baby to that and it would be a rap song why did hmm. they do that you know you're onto something there <laughs> okay i just i don't know it's just that maybe could head. make a good sample one day probably yeah maybe. right okay i don't know if anyone's done that before but if not maybe we should do it hopefully we won't get sued <laughs> hopefully hopefully not <laughs> Because ours would go ding, 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 ding. It wouldn't really go. <laughs> Theirs goes do, 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 do. Mine goes do, 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 do. Whatever. Whatever the fuck you said. <laughs> Shout out to Vanilla Ice, I guess. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> but yeah, so so they're just really on top of the musical world. Yeah. 
I mean, not only are they they're making huge hits with David Bowie, but again, um, another one bites the dust is like, you know, it's funny because Roger didn't like it at first because he's like, this isn't really like rock. But he's like, well, this is the band. which I'm part of the band. This is what the band wants. I'm going to go with it. Yeah, he's and- right, though. He's right. Because as a kid, kids used to pull out the cardboard and break dance to another one bites the dust. And right. my mom didn't even know that was Queen. She was like, she didn't. The singer didn't even sound white to her. She thought it was a black person singing another one bites the dust. So they, they, they're kind of right on that. Yeah, it kind of falls into kind of like a soul, um, right. hip hop ish, disco kind of kind of category. But that is again, it just shows how versatile they are mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how they can pull that off. Mm-hmm. And again, that song goes to number one. I think that was like their first or second number one in America. Yeah, yeah. And it's just you can't you can't escape that groove. Yeah, what I mean, he just says so many cool things in his songs. He's another frontman that I really like. You know what I'm saying? He's like, shoot out, and you know, he's like, let's go. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I love stuff like that. It's like, the song is not the lyrics of the song are not like that, but him just going bah, like, you know, at you, and you're yeah. you're ready to go too. You're like, let's do it. Yeah, song is yeah. Banger. It's just it's just inescapable. Mm-hmm. And so now, I mean, they're literally the biggest band in the world. <laughs> like literally, like you're not even joking. <laughs> like literally who is a bigger band than queen in 1980 <laughs> like nobody nobody Zeppelin's gone <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like mm-hmm. they are at the top yeah but when you go to the top there's only so there's only one place you can go from there yes that's actually a, a paraphrase from freddie himself i did see that interview yeah yeah and um so a few things happened that they they kind of their star goes down a little bit first thing is they do a video for I Want to Break Free, mm-hmm. where they're all in drag. And yeah. apparently in Britain, that's just like classic like British humor. Yeah, yeah. I was watching interviews. All the British people are like, oh, this is just classic. <laughs> but in America, people are like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it just what, didn't what translate. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, in all fairness, Roger looked uh, great in the video. He, I, I actually thought it was a girl. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> He looked great, but Freddie... He's a pretty man. They don't like that over here. You, you got to <laughs> at least shave the mustache down or tone down the shoulders. You got to do one of the two. <laughs> Which to me is what makes it funnier, that he would still have the mustache. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just like, oh, it's clearly a joke. Yeah, it's clearly a joke. But I remember as a kid watching that video like for the first time that I've seen it. Yeah. And I remember not liking it. I remember I really liked it. It's not it had nothing to do with like drag. I just didn't like Freddie with the mustache. I didn't like the wig. <laughs> I didn't like the outfit. Like they he needed a new You're stylist. Like he could have had a better outfit. Yeah, he could have done something. <laughs> RuPaul should have came in. He hooked him up. <laughs> That's where you fucked up, Freddie. But um, yeah, so so America didn't really take to the video. And apparently after that video, they took their popularity in America, took a huge dive, even though they were still just huge, literally everywhere else. Yeah, because when you want to think about it, you want to think about where you're coming to play. You're not mm-hmm. necessarily always going to play Jersey, um, New York City. <laughs> so you're going out into the real America, okay? You're yeah. not in New York anymore. You're in America. New York like, is not the real America, people. No, not at all. And they're not going to have that that in like you know what i'm saying the bible belt you know what i mean yeah yeah and then so the other thing that happens is they play in south africa at a (laughs) some casino and i remember um they said like i think it was brian he was like this is obviously this is apartheid era south africa and i think brian said that he was like well the audiences aren't going to be segregated right because he wanted them to be no i'm just kidding (laughs) 
And so, somebody was like, no, 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 of course not. And then and then they go into play there and they pretty much were. Yeah, because it's like the people were trying to cop a plea like posthumously and they're just like, well, they weren't segregated. segregated. It's just most of the, pe- the people that showed up were white. It was like, well, why didn't you interview the black people then? Because yeah, there you know was no FaceTime. Mix it yeah. up. Yeah. You know what I mean? To make it make yourself not look so bad, you know. But everybody I saw being interviewed was basically Aryan. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you guys should have helped yourselves out here. Yeah, the, the PR was not very fucking good on that. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's the roadie or or the cook, interview him and have him say he had a great time at the show. <laughs> so you guys could look good. Just have somebody. <laughs> Yeah, so obviously, you know, they got a lot of fucking heat for that. So again, yeah. their their popularity is kind of going down a little bit because they're like, yeah. look, these they're uh, these guys fucking supporting apartheid now, and they're fucking drag, and they're fucking dra- like dragging their video. What's going on? Like, <laughs> people started to see that. This was an interesting quote: is that people started to just see them as like mercenaries. Well. As like rock mercenaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And I was like, that's fucking interesting. I never yeah. thought about that because yeah. the way they said it, they were like. <laughs> They were like they just were looking like they were trying to conquer all parts of the globe. Yeah, I get. And I'm it. like, well, that is pretty British. That's what I was thinking. It's very pretty <laughs> British of her, and and you know the actual queen. You know she was kind of friends with a uh, little Hitler back in the day. You know they were kind of friends. So you know, they <laughs> maybe she passed the word. We're gonna take over the world in all forms, okay? Not just politically. <laughs> we're gonna start on our island, and we're gonna spread out, and we're gonna get the whole world. The sun will never set on the Queen's empire, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> and that's it. That's just what happened. so yeah so they weren't as popular as they were during their peak and they get a call from a fellow who is putting on a charity concert Uh by the name of live aid Mm -hmm. oh i knew bob geldof oh shit bob geldof who i thought was bob dylan and i used to confuse them all the time really yeah bob (laughs) geldof there's always three for me as a child in the 80s bob geldof bob dylan and Mark Knopfler. <laughs> I was I was ready for another Bob. I was like, it's Mark Knopfler's Bob? voice. <laughs> yeah, like, I can see Bob that. Dylan? I can see that. But uh, Geldof, he puts on, he wants to put on the concert, uh, charity concert for famine, right? Yeah. And they call it Queen. They're like, fuck yeah, we'll do it. It's at Wembley Stadium. Mm-hmm. And apparently, they took it like the most serious out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Like they were rehearsing like every single day for this. They had their roadies put like big clocks up around the stage so they could time their set perfectly. Yeah. And when the day comes, they just completely stole the show, which was filled with like the biggest names in music at the time. Uh huh. And they just took over. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, we had a bit of an advantage with the stadium, <laughs> Argentina, you know? So yeah. Brian said that, right? Yeah. He yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. we had a bit of an unfair advantage because we'd been playing stadiums. <laughs> <laughs> like this shit ain't new to us. It's basically what he was saying in his very nice British way. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, so they get out there. It's, I mean, I was watching that footage yesterday. It's just epic. It's mm-hmm. such an epic moment in time. That's this gets captured. And yeah. for the moment they got, I mean, Freddie comes in, he's like speed running. You know what I mean? Just for the moment, there's that crowd goes crazy before they even play a note. Yep. He's ready to go. I love Freddie style. I love the jeans with the tank top. Like, it's just like, he looks so fit and it's just like, it's just regular clothes. But if, again, if anybody were to put that on, 
you'd be like, who do you think you are? But he can pull it off. Exactly. You're just like, I'm just wearing a tank top and straight jeans. You're like, no, no, no. You're trying to be Freddie Mercury. <laughs> With the mustache. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so they get out there and they just absolutely tear it up. I mean, there's one of the most legendary performances that's ever happened in rock music. Yeah. And it literally completely re-energized the band as well. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's so interesting. Like one of it's one of those things. Like people always talk about at concerts. Like yeah, like we were throwing the energy out to them, and they were throwing the energy back out to me. But like when you watch that, it doesn't become like a concept. Like you can see it. Mm-hmm. It's literally like Freddie is like leading the entire crowd of eighty thousand people like on this spiritual journey with them. Like yeah, he's, like guide through the music. Yeah. I really, really like the way they approach their songwriting and their performance because Brian also said he's like, I I said this in the Ray White interview, uh, Brian May was like, okay, when you feel emotional like that, when you listen to Queen, when you feel like you can just soar into the sky, he was like, we wanted you to feel that. We wanted you to almost cry. We wanted you to think about your life. Like they did it on purpose. And like, that's so great. It's not about like, oh, I just wanted to really write a song that would go on the charts. Or I really wanted to write a song that meant something to me. And it's just like, no, we want everybody to shed a tear. So how do we do it? Let's do it. Like, that's beautiful. Yeah, and again, I mean, when you think of their set list, it's like they had songs that were written by Freddie. They, Radio Gaga was written by Roger. His Roger's daughter. Yeah, cause... she came up with the. <laughs> she came up with the. Um, oh, all we'll hear is Radio Gaga. Yeah, you know, whatever, she came, right? Like he was like he was like just doing whatever he does in the room, and then she came in and she was like Radio daughter or son, I don't remember. He's like Radio Gaga, like you know what I mean? Like and I don't like, know. <laughs> got something. Hey, there. <laughs> I like what you're doing. I like that. <laughs> But again, I wonder just, if she gets a writing credit. I, <laughs> I would hope so. Well, that's actually an interesting uh, topic of discussion for this, mm-hmm. the writing credits, because they did it kind of like whoever brought the idea of the song would get the writing credit. Yeah. Until about this point, they decided to discredit everything to Queen. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. I always yeah. thought with that. That Me too. That's a smart way to do it, I think. And and again, this just, it's just crazy how talented they all are because they're all writing hits. Mm-hmm. Like, it really is. Like, Queen, obviously, like we talked about it, like, Freddie is going to just naturally get most of the attention because he's just fucking amazing and he has charisma unlike anyone else. But they're all, like, they really are a band that's more than the sum of their parts. Yeah. They're yeah. all, they all, co- they come together to create this. And they all, you have to all be on the same page. Because, like, imagine, like, if you were a more, I don't know, traditional musician and Freddie comes in with like a song like Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, if you're not in the same vibe, you could be like, fuck this. Yeah. Who does this guy think he is? He just wants to hog the whole spotlight for himself. Like you could think so many different things about that. Right. But they clearly were, that wasn't the way they were thinking. They were clearly on the same page of like, this is what we're trying to do as a band. Mm -hmm. And they really fucking did it. You know what I mean? So that's, Mm -hmm. that's always something that I think is great. And, Me too. And again, I want to shout this out about Brian specifically, because this is another reason why I just pieced this together. Another thing of how I realized how influential Queen is. I'm a sucker for some guitar harmonies, right? Mm-hmm. And when I was growing up, the band that really made me love guitar harmonies was Metallica. Because mm-hmm. they were great at that. But listening to Queen and the shit that they were doing way before that, I'm like, I see the influence of Brian yeah you know what i mean because mm-hmm. some of the things i was listening to some of the way that he layers his guitar i'm like this is a template for so much metal guitar mm-hmm. that comes after 
Yeah. And I love a band like them, like like the like Queen, like Metallica, like the Who. Like I love a band where I they're so good and I don't have to worry about who's the cute one or who's the hot one. Like you know what I mean? It's just, it doesn't everybody matter. it does not matter. Like you know what I mean? It's about the music is so good. Like I'm not just getting this band's music just to stare at somebody on the album cover. Like you right. know what I mean? That's so awesome. Right. Yeah, so they're just they're all amazing. And obviously after Live Aid, it just it just put a new shot of energy into the band. And they were they basically became as big as they were before. Like their their dip in popularity was gone. Because again, this not only was this a concert in front of whatever, eighty thousand people, but it was broadcast live to the whole fucking world. Yeah. So at the same time. <laughs> the entire world was being entertained by Freddie and the band. The entire world saw this happening. Mm -hmm. So they instantly became just as big as they ever were. Yeah. Which is crazy. So they go back and they're, you know, they're they're doing again stadiums, arenas, the biggest possible venues that you could ever do. Yeah. And then they play their last show together about two years, I think, after Live Aid. Mm -hmm. And at this point, Freddie kind of knew that something was a little off with him. Yeah. Yeah. And he even said, like, there's the famous footage of like their last big show. I think it was at Wembley, maybe not. I don't remember. But he had like a crown and he was just like holding it up. You know what I mean? Like letting the crowd go wild. Yeah. And that was like the last show that they really played together. And he even said apparently that day, like, I think this is the last time we're gonna be doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's obviously very sad because obviously you guys probably already know this, but you know, we were talking about this before. He was having a good time with a lot of people. A lot. And it's a lot. But a he lot. <laughs> enjoyed living. And he said that he just wanted to live as extravagantly as he could with as many as people as he could. At one point, he said he wanted to have sex with his whole audience at one point. Like, you know what I mean? That's <laughs> as, just a true, kind of... as a true performer. Yeah. And I heard about Queen's parties before I even did research for this, like their mm. parties are legendary. They would have little people doing sexual things. Mm. They would ride in some horses. It would be totally, and it, the house was packed all the time. Yeah. It's like that kind of party, you know, that is a lot. And apparently at one point, um, their manager even said to Freddie, like as um, HIV was, cause it wasn't really a thing when they started out. Right. As it became like a thing, like, um, their manager even said to Freddie, like, so because of this, you know, this disease, like, are you going to like change your behavior at all? And Freddie was like, no. Yeah. I'm fucking living. I don't give a shit. That's yeah. he's, he's like, I'm living my life. And this is what we were saying before. Like he was never, he was always just unapologetically himself. And he was mm -hmm. like, I'm going to live my life to the fullest. I don't care. I'm in this crazy position where I'm able to talk to hundreds of thousands of people and I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And so we did. Mm -hmm. And so as the time goes on, as you get into the late eighties, you know, they can't really perform anymore. They're not really going out and they're not really making public appearances. They're still putting out music. Yeah. They never stopped. Freddie right. never stopped till literally till his dying day. He was, he was like, I want you guys to write me as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And especially as he knew that his time was coming to a close because mm -hmm. he knew that this was his legacy and that yeah. this was going to last so much longer than his physical body. Yeah. So he's yeah. like, I'm not going to stop making music. I'm going to do this as long as I possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. What and so they put creator. out more albums. Yeah, no, he, he's a true artist. And they put out mm -hmm. more albums, but 
They're not touring. So people start to have a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And people are scared. Like, you know what I mean? People were thinking like, you can get that just by like, you know, sharing a fork with somebody or, you know, somebody coughs in the air. Are you going to get it? Like, you know, there was a lot of fear. So going out yeah. to play in a packed area, you're all enclosed, touching each other and stuff like that. And then it's just like, you know, the fear, if they all know who's going to want to touch Freddie before right. everybody wanted to touch him. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, like it, he kept it hidden forever. He didn't even tell his bandmates for a while, like into up until like he knew for a while until he told the rest of the band, even like confirmed mm -hmm. to it. Everybody mm -hmm. knew that something was going on with him, mm -hmm. but he, he didn't tell them for a while. But even after he told them he, again, he was just like, I don't care. We got to keep doing this. Mm -hmm. So they just kept continued making music. They continue making music. The press is all up in his face, trying to figure out what's going on with him. And following him to the hospital. Yeah. Like, all crazy. kinds of shit. And he literally didn't formally announce that he had AIDS until the day before he died. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Good it him. is what it is. And yeah. um, But Queen carried on after Freddie unfortunately passes away. Well, there's a few more things I want to say before we get to that. Okay. So, so apparently... Again, he had to write so much stuff that at some point he knew that they were going to have to finish this shit after he was dead. Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. crazy. This is the dedication. He's like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to lay down these tracks. And their their last album that they put out with Freddie on vocals, literally, they just had a bunch of vocal tracks from Freddie. And the band just was, like, creating all the music under it. Yeah. And they, they said, I think Brian was saying, it was so weird just hearing his voice coming through the speakers and he wasn't there anymore. Yeah, yeah. But they felt confident that they were able to to make yeah. his vision still come to life. Yeah, they felt like they knew how he thought and stuff like that. So they knew that what he would want. So Right. And mm -hmm. I think that's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm, me too. Yeah. And another thing that I thought was cool. So again, here comes Mary again, who, you know, they were in a relationship when he was younger. Mm -hmm. But even after, you know, he came out, they were still super close. They yeah. were still always in each other's lives. And she said that when he died, obviously she was super sad about it, but at the same time, like she felt a sense of closure because she was like, he did what he set out to do. And now he's a legend and mm -hmm. now he dies a fucking legend. Mm -hmm. And it's true. Yeah. It is absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. Big rest in peace to Freddie Mercury. Like it's so sad. I remember being a kid being sad that that had all missed me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. I didn't get to experience, like, Freddie Mercury and stuff because it's one of the greatest voices. Definitely an influence on me. Somebody that can go up to an F5, that's after the C. Do you know that? <laughs> I mean, nothing would surprise me with him. I mean, he had he has, a, like, a four-octave range, they said, something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Just insane. Mm -hmm. Everything about him was great. His writing, his front manness was great and his singing was great like and that's all you could want from your favorite rock star or a rock star that you appreciate you know yeah it just obviously the stage presence the charisma that's being able to work the crowd like that i mean that comes along once in a lifetime i mm -hmm. mean that's not something that happens all the time that's true you know what i mean that's so true. i'm glad that we all everyone even us i mean you know he died before i was born but we still mm -hmm. all get to appreciate his greatness bring him out dan bring him out he's back there he's waiting for you to <laughs> see this is the thing so you know, normally when we do our podcast we don't have like notes and stuff but in this situation i you know i've been trying to hide it i actually have brian may on the other side of the camera right now <laughs> and he's been giving me notes this whole time 
<laughs> so unfortunately i couldn't have freddie there but bride's there did you get roger or no did he ever call you back he didn't call me back but freddie's right behind you at the tv bring him <laughs> out oh shit hold on <laughs> bring him out <laughs> Damn. Now everyone can see that I was wearing shorts this whole time. Oh, man. You could have said no. <laughs> no, nah, but I wanted to. I forgot to get him over here before. Yeah. But yeah, for y'all listening, we have um our our good friend and patron, David Cerami, gave us a bunch of um, rock star Funkos, and one of them is Freddie. And even <laughs> just like the the, the the action figure Freddie is so charismatic. Yeah. He's got the mic stand. <laughs> he's got his fist raised. It's just yeah. like, he's he's just the greatest. The Adidas. <laughs> the Adidas. <laughs> always had style you know yeah but yeah so even after freddie died it didn't it wasn't necessarily the end of queen because they they still well rod or sorry john retired yes he went and that's understandable he went and did his own thing but it's kind of traumatic as well so i wouldn't be surprised if somebody left the band just for that reason right now yeah, and again, you know, we talk about this all the time. It's like, it's not only losing a bandmate. It's like after 20-something years of spending all this time together and being on the road and having all these experiences, I mean, that's a family member. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just like, oh, I lost my singer. It's like, no, you lost your brother. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's no small little thing. Yeah. But, um, you know, everybody, the people still clearly did and do have an appetite for Queen's music. Mm-hmm. So the rest of them were like, fuck it, let's keep going. Yeah. They got... um. Wow, I'm Blake. Why am I blinking from Brad Company? Delete. I'm sorry. I'm all on George Michael right now. <laughs> oh, sorry. We didn't even talk about the tribute concert yet. No, no, but oh, we should, God. right? There's so much shit. Oh, this band is so epic. Yeah, yeah. After Freddie died, they did a tribute concert where they had, again, in Wembley Stadium again, because where else are you going to have a tribute for Freddie? It had mm-hmm. to be there. Mm-hmm. And they have all the biggest names of music. They had fucking George Michael. They had Axl Rose. Yes, they did. Which, you know. They could have kept that, but um, they, uh, <laughs> I love Axel. I love him, but not to sing no Freddie. They had Elton. Yeah, exactly. George Michael was the best person to, I feel, to 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 do Freddie and to give him justice. They should have done a duet, like yeah, you know, before before. But Wham wasn't huge like that. Wait, they were by the time Freddie died, but. Anyway. I mean, they weren't as big as Queen. I mean, nobody was as big as Queen, right? Right, and then George wasn't really on his own, kind of. No, by 87, he was. Anyway, forget about it. No, right? It's over. Yeah. They didn't do the Well, duet. 91, when he died. Oh, yeah. And and 87 was um, I Want Your Sex. I believe that, with George Michael. So he was already yeah. on his own. He already yeah, yeah, left yeah. Wham. But forget it. It didn't happen, okay? We can just dream about it. But yeah, when you look at the, the, the Freddie tribute concert, I feel like George definitely embodied Freddie's you know spirit presence and spirit the most mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah he he okay. definitely lived it and he's got the the soul to like hit the notes and all that stuff like that he can do all of those things that freddie could do yeah so it was a very it was a very fitting and grand and royal concert yeah as a tribute to yeah you know one of the greatest singers from people ever mm-hmm. and yeah and then they just continued because obviously like i was saying like the people still clearly had an appetite for their music Mm-hmm. So they did uh, Paul Rogers, right? Yes, Paul yes, Rogers from Bad Company. Yeah. So they did a tour with him, and then they did they picked up um, Adam Lambert. Yes. So who had the just... attitude? He definitely has the chutzpah to, yeah. to to be a Freddie, I think, and the voice. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then again, I mean, they they still that brings Queen's music to whole new generations of people. Hmm. 
you know, and it's crazy because they're just as big, really, as they've ever been. They're still so huge. And their greatest hits album is the best-selling album in the UK ever. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. wild. I know. I know. It's not even original music. It was already music that was already out. That's how good <laughs> their fucking hits are. You got to put them all together. Like, I mean, who doesn't listen to another one bites the dust and doesn't feel like a badass, you know, from a band called Queen? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they're just, they're just amazing. Like, I don't know. What else, what else do we have? What else do we have to say? I, I, I feel like Adam was kind of like the end uh, of what, of, of the legacy, because of course these guys do their own things. I mean, um, Brian takes pictures and makes rockets now. No, I'm just kidding. But like, you know, Brian. he goes to the International Space Station. <laughs> when you look these guys up, they all have like titles. They got a PhD. They got a CB this. They got a da da. They got a FBI. They got a CBD. They have it all. <laughs> a CBD. One of them has a THC. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, so I think um, maybe it's time to get into some comments. There you go. Yay. Huge shout out to everybody that was joined us live. Huge yeah. shout out to to everybody that's going to be watching this later. So I'm just going to go through and, yeah. and you know, shout some things out. Um, <laughs> Jonathan Pastrana says, who's this Bowie guy? <laughs> I don't know. I never heard of him, but apparently uh, Freddie liked him. <laughs> Amber says Amber Piercy says British lawyers still wear wigs. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> she knows. Are you Amber? Are you a British lawyer? Are you trying <laughs> to get one over on us? <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just crazy. Um, just to think about all the things that they've done. Uh, Bart Bart and A Love says I think Brian went back to university and got his degree as an astrophysicist. He did. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. it just goes to show how smart he is. Yeah, and I think. That's what I was trying to say. I don't know if I really articulated this well when I was talking about the guitar harmonies and shit. It sounds like something that a really smart person would do. Mm, a mathematical you know what I type mean? of analytical person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this, the whole sound. And I remember, like I was saying at the beginning, like him making his guitar. I'm like, this dude's smart as fuck. And he was seven. I just want to say that. He was seven. His father helped him. Yes, as he was seven, his father helped him. He was like, I want to do this, this, that. And his father, of course, with bigger hands, was able to help him. But it was his brain work that was like, I want to do blah, 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 blah with my guitar. It's crazy. Yeah, that is amazing. Just what an what an epic band. What an epic group of individuals that just happened to be in this place. And when you think about it, it's like, what are the odds of a kid from Zanzibar becoming the biggest fucking pop star in the world mm-hmm. like it's insane it's really yeah. insane that this is a real thing that really happened i know it's crazy so many things that had to line up for all of this to go down like everything from from bowie dropping out of top of the pops right to, mm-hmm. to live aid even being a thing they, that could have just never been a thing and they could have right. just never gotten bigger again you know True. what i mean like there's just so many pieces of this that all came together to create this this story and this amazing music right right i agree Totally agree. So shout out to the legacy. Um, shout out to everyone for being here. We appreciate you. If y'all appreciate the podcast, go check us out on Patreon, Music Maniacs. Uh, Patreon.com slash Music Maniacs. Help us keep doing this. Um, when we get some more patrons, we're going to start doing more uh, bonus content over there. So mm-hmm. go check it out. And um, I don't know. Anything else you want to say before we head out? No, I'm just reading these hilarious comments. Like, who thinks Dave Grohl used makeup tips from Fred? <laughs> <laughs> Me, I think so. For sure. <laughs> Brian wore fat bottom, uh, Brian wrote, not wore, <laughs> wrote fat bottom girls. James Sharp said that. He thinks he wrote that. That makes um, sense. Yeah. Because I always thought it was interesting that 
that Freddie would be singing a song about girls with fat asses. <laughs> I always like every time I hear that song, I'm like, this is interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? But again, that just goes to show how good he is at embodying whatever the fuck was written for him. That's true. You know that's what I true. mean? But yeah, so that's cool. Uh-huh. Well, no, I don't have anything else to say, but goodbye. Um Goodbye, people. We love you. We appreciate you. We got uh, lots of great podcasts coming your way soon. Mm -hmm. Once again, we're Side After Dark, and we're out. See ya.